You're listening to the Yoga Magic Podcast with host Ashley Sondergaard. Do you remember that first time you took a yoga class? Lying in Shavasana thinking, what is this magic? For me, yoga opened the door to a life full of self-discovery and self-care. This show shines a light on what is possible when you invest in your well-being. And not only for you, but for everyone around you. I interview women in the space of healing, spirituality, beauty, wellness, and of course, yoga. This community of listeners is excited to expand their minds, open new doors, be honest, and sometimes take a big old handstand fall on the way. My hope is that this show gifts you a library of accessible new practices that fill up your soul and open your mind. Not all will be perfect for you, but that's the best part. Trying it on and finding your personal favorites. This is Yoga Magic. Thanks for listening. Hello friends, welcome to Yoga Magic. I'm your host, Ashley Sondergaard. I'm so glad you're here. We're talking today with my friend Natalie Cooper, who is the host of the podcast, Mind Your Own Life. We're talking about self-healing, which is something that I I, I really believe in, and I also think it's a topic that can be misconstrued. Um, And so Natalie sheds a lot of light on her journey in self-healing and what that means, how we can invest in ourselves, in our well-being, but also be open to taking on the help of others, you know, what that what that looks like. If you've been listening to this show for a while, um, you've been following along on this journey, we talk about self-care and self-discovery. And it's something that, you know, is is ongoing for for myself as a host, as an individual. And this, this conversation with Natalie is coming at a really good time as I'm just working through my own healing right now. Um, I've shared a little bit on social media about this and we'll continue to share on the show and um, likely do just you know an episode on kind of what's happening. But we recently went through a pregnancy loss. We lost um, our twins that we were about eight weeks old. Um, and it's been such a, it's such a journey and such a healing process. And it's also kind of this weird place of, you know, you, you have help, but also you're kind of doing it alone, right? Like you're, you're working through the healing journey alone. And so I, I'm so grateful to have Natalie on the show today to talk about, you know, what it means to take care of yourself to ask for help, to listen to what you really need and also maybe not take the advice of things that you don't need in this process, in this healing journey. So more from Natalie on this episode. I'm so glad that you're getting to experience her. Check out her show um, as well because it's full of goodness. Um, Her most recent episode was myself talking a little about cosmic self-care, my favorite topic. And if you are tuning in today and you want to dive into self-care, into astrology in a little bit of a deeper way, I've got a fun event coming up on Thursday, the 29th of April. It is Art and Astrology with my friend, amazing artist, Gina Getz. And what we'll be doing is looking into your chart to pull out some of the creative markers within your chart. You know, what kind of, what flavor of creativity do you exude? Um, what is your passion? look like and then we're actually going to apply that into an art project into an emotional landscape so more information on that event is in the show notes if you want to come along again it's on thursday april 29th 6 p.m central time and finally a huge thanks to our show sponsor odell odell is the hair care that i love i literally went to them and was like will you guys work with me because i love your stuff so much and i want to share it to the world so all yoga magic listeners get 15 percent off their orders at odellbeauty.com by using the code yoga magic throughout the month of april all right let's get to our conversation with natalie cooper well, Natalie, thanks for being here. Thanks for sitting down with me today. I'm so glad that the universe brought us together because we're like weirdly similar, but I also feel like we're we're different in ways. And that's going to be fun to talk about some of these ideas that we both share and, and gather um, just some thoughts. So I'm so excited for listeners to hear from you about self-healing and just your journey. Can you tell everyone who you are, what your story is, and really where you got to where you're at today? Yeah, absolutely. And huge thank you to have to you for having me on. I'm really excited to share this space with you. I feel like 
the universe just keeps, like you said, bringing the right people into my life at the right time. And I feel like you've taught me so much in the short time that I've known you. And it's been such an honor to, you know, share this relationship. So thank you for having me. Thank you. Yeah. So I'm Natalie. Um, I am based in Canada, in the Niagara region of Canada. Um, so it is frigidly cold here now. <laughs> I know you know because you're in Minnesota, right? Um, yeah. So I have um, a pretty unique uh, self-healing story that began probably back in um, 2013 when I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. Uh, I was living in Sydney, Australia and just living the Neverland life, you know, spending all my money on drinking and sometimes, you know, a little smoking and (laughs) not being healthy at all. And, (laughs) and I um, started to have a lot of digestive issues and I really was disconnected from my body. It was a very um, disconnective time. It was beautiful time in my life and I needed it. It was living my early twenties and it was amazing, but um, I started to have all these digestive issues and I luckily worked at a hospital. So they rushed me through and I finally got a diagnosis of Crohn's disease. Um, and three days later I had my appendix out, which is just a kind of wild timeline. And at that point I was just like, okay, well, what do I do doctor? Like, give me the pills, you know, I'm ready to start, you know, taking whatever I have to take. I don't want to change anything in my life. Like, don't make me change. <laughs> you know Gosh, what I mean? What is that? And, <laughs> I know. And luckily they said to me, they're like, well, diet has really nothing to do with it. Um, so, you know, you're good. And I'm like, remember thinking at the time, like diet has nothing to do with my digestive problem. <laughs> like that feels a little off, but I, you know, didn't, I was really resistant to changing. So I ended up just, you know, popping the pills. Nothing really changed that much. I was still, I was a bit more stable, but I was still having a lot of issues. Um, So that was like two years uh, before my next diagnosis. And in that time, I came home from Australia and uh, settled more in Canada. I met my now husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, started to have more more symptoms, scarier symptoms. I had um, like this tightening in my chest that felt like a heart attack. And I had uh, really severe vertigo to the point that I couldn't walk. I was vomiting. I felt nauseous all the time. I had um, nerve pain. I had issues with my gait and walking. I had, um, just like a myriad of things gagging. Like I couldn't swallow properly. I kept going to the emergency room and they kept saying, you have anxiety. This really, you know, doesn't, you know, do anything for me. They're like, do you want to go on anti-anxiety medication? I was like, well, I just don't think it's anxiety. And then finally I had vision loss in my left eye and it was very scary. I started to not be able to see and I rushed into the hospital again. I think I'd been to like the emergency room six times by this point. And yeah, and I ended up having a quick MRI and they diagnosed me with MS. So I remember (laughs) sitting there being like, I'm 27 and I've just been diagnosed with MS. Like it was, I think it was 10 days after my 27th birthday. And there was this part between when the doctors came in to tell me the diagnosis and when my family got there and I was alone in the hospital bed. And I remember having this like outside voice come into my head that was like, I don't want to be sick. Mm -hmm. And it was just this weird voice that felt like it was outside of my body. And I was like, yeah. I don't want to be sick because, you know, during that period, I'd been looking up all the symptoms and I'm like, I have MS. I for sure have MS. And I know I manifested and called it in, but I felt a relief when I got the diagnosis. I was like, see, I knew it all those times they told me I didn't have anxiety. And then it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't want this though. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like the relief piece, it was like, great. Like I was right, but is this what I really wanted to happen? So when I had that voice, it started to trigger this thing in my soul that made me think, okay, I need to, I need to start to take action. I can't just go and take the pills again. Like I did with Crohn's. It did nothing for me. I need to start to look at like where the fire is burning in me and stop just, you know, clearing away the smoke. And that catapulted me into this entire spiritual awakening, getting connected and in touch with my body in a new way that I never had before. And it really changed my life. And when I look back now, that was the most incredible day of my life because Hmm. it, it made me the person I am today. It made me, you know, experience this life in a new way. I quit my advertising job. I got clear on what I want to do in my life and manifest. And I started to realize the power that I have within me that we all have to heal and 
to connect and to intuit. And it was just a really beautiful awareness that came about from that kind of challenging point. So yeah, that's a little bit about my self-healing journey. I am, for people who are interested in astrology, I am a Virgo, a Taurus moon and an Aries rising. And I'm a manifester in human design, an emotional manifester. Are you? Yeah. Okay. Very good. Cool. Yeah. Aries what about rising you? too. We're pals here. I'm a Cancer Sun, <laughs> Capricorn Moon, Aries Rising. And okay, I'm cool. it's not I'm not surprised that we're both podcasters being Aries Rising. <laughs> Like See, I don't know anything about it. I'm so excited to talk to you because I know you have a way broader range of knowledge about astrology. I've gotten really into hum human design lately, but I'm learning more about my chart of astrology. And I think that's going to help me to expand more because I never really like identified with being a Virgo. I yeah. don't know. Do you have that at all with any of your signs? You know, what's funny is that like in different stages of life, I've, I've really like started to step into the role of not even the role, but step into like the energy of those signs. And sometimes they don't show up until later. And like you talking about that moment, like it's essentially rock bottom, right? Like mm, that rock bottom, rock bottom moment, like a light switch turns on and then you're this like different person. And I think that's like true of astrology too, as we sort of step into these powers as we grow and as we challenge ourselves, I'm, I'm like getting goosebumps hearing you talk about that and like watching you smile and like exude energy and just like, I don't know, I can feel that. And you did that. Like you overcame all of this. I have, a, I have another close friend who had almost the exact same story of like really? vision loss. Yeah. And had MS and, and, and seeing her now, she's also a podcaster. She, oh. um, has different, you know, like a different approach. Spirituality isn't really her thing, but, she, but the way she's overcome it is so inspiring. And so when you talk about this and you share, I mean, do people just, are they just like totally enthralled with you and like want to learn from you when you, when you share this? So it's funny, we talk about imposter syndrome before we started recording. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, there was there was that a lot for me. And I think, so further to the story, I haven't taken any medication for MS wow. in five years. There was this beautiful period that sounded horrible at the time. They forgot to send in my referral to the MS clinic to see a neurologist. So I had to wait three months to get into the neurology clinic here in Toronto and in that three-month period, I was obviously, like, very angry. I was like, so you just told me I have MS and sent me home? Like, what am I supposed to do? And But in that three months is where all that magic happened, where I had to step up and be like, okay, well, what can I do in the meantime? And then I had all these symptoms still. And, I, and then I three months later, I had none. I And I can talk a little bit about the things I did. But, you know, walking into that appointment and then being like, okay, here's your injectable medication. You inject it three times a day into your hip. I'm like, I'm not – I'm not good yeah. doing that. <laughs> like, I will not it's do that. It's next level. Like, yeah. oh my gosh. It's yeah. intense. Like the medications they want you to go on. And and the thing about most um, MS drugs is that they're, they're um, symptom management really only. They don't mm -hmm. slow the progression of the disease. There's very little evidence that they, this, they'll slow the progression of the actual disease. So I was like, well, I don't have symptoms. So I'm not I'm not doing that. And then it was like every year, MRI, oh, you're doing good. You're stable. But we still want you to go on medication just in case. And I, finally, this year, five years later, my neurologist said, well, you might just not mean medication. <laughs> I was like, wow. well, great. You know, so I think when I started to tell that story, people, you know, sparked interest in how I started to do my healing uh, on my own. But again, the imposter syndrome piece, I didn't start openly talking about this until just over a year ago because mm. I just felt like. Firstly, I don't want to ever shame people for going the medical route. And I really totally. believe there's a lot of value in the medical route. I know a lot of people who, you know, wouldn't be alive without medicine. And it's amazing what, you know, modern medicine has been able to achieve. But for like chronic long-term illnesses, I've also seen the impacts of medication on your body. So my mom has just had a liver transplant and she... I don't think I've seen my mom drink like more than a glass of wine in her entire life, like at a time. She's not, you know, a big drinker. She's pretty good with what she's eating. And um, yeah, and she had been on medication because she had colitis. So similar mm. to the hereditary stuff I have um, and, you know, had to have a liver transplant at age 65 because her liver just can't handle like the, it's a lot on our livers, right? To constantly be on medication. So if there's an opportunity in my mind for myself that I don't need to be on it, I'm going to try my best. And I, that doesn't mean I'll never go on if I have to, I might. But um, yeah, that I think that's the point that people start to really 
ask me questions, especially if they've been on medication for MS and they haven't seen a lot of success from it, or they've had worse, you know, side effects that are impacting their life in a more destructive way than even the disease was, you know what I mean? And they're like, I don't really Mm want to be on these medicines. So yeah, that's kind of the, the, the connection point for me, especially with people with MS. But beyond that, I think it's just a, a message. You know, we talked about to be magnetic as well. Um, of being more of an expander for people, like expand your mind into the capability of self-healing because it is a possibility. You know, Mm -hmm. you can do this. It's here I am the example of that for you to look at. I love how you approach that too, because it is, I, in the spirituality world, it's so easy for me to say like, this is how it works and you can do this. Like if you want to manifest, you do what I did, but that's not the reality for anyone Mm -hmm. else. Like this is just our story, right? So like your story was that you wanted to self-heal and you did the work to get there and someone else can be really inspired and they can see that that's, you know, you're an expander, you show them what's possible, but that may not be their story and that's okay. So I want to get into the details. Like, what did you do in order to self-heal? Did you have to get to the root of the issue? Like where, what was the root? <laughs> yeah. So I had some trauma from my childhood as many of us do. And in that I started to create this mindset of going to the worst case scenario as a protective mechanism. Mm. So every time I had a little cut on my hand, even starting at like age 12, I would be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get rust poisoning from like cutting my hand on something. Or I'm going to, you know, there's a torn, there's wind outside. Oh my gosh, there's going to be a tornado. Um, You know, and it was, it became this thing that was protecting, trying to protect myself, like going to the worst case scenario so that I could protect myself and be prepared. And by doing that, now I know for manifestation, it it really impacted my beliefs about things. So it was like everything bad is going to happen. Anything bad is going to happen. And that really translated into my health. So anytime I had, you know, anything coming up, it was the worst thing. I have cancer. I have MS. I have, you know, I'm dying. Something's really wrong with me. I'm having a heart attack. And it wasn't anxiety. It was like a real deep-rooted belief. Like I was like, Mm. something's, my body's a lemon. Something's wrong with me. So I realized that in almost in that hospital bed moment where I was like, man, like I really have believed how that I'm a sick person. And now I have two chronic illnesses. <laughs> I can't really see out of my left eye. Like I'm, I'm freaking out here. And it was addressing those beliefs and the core of them and trying to reconnect with my body in a way that allowed me to trust it again. And that was really where I had to go in order to start to heal. So that was a painful process, right? When you haven't trusted your body and you've been so removed and you haven't trusted anything external to you for so many years, like as an ingrained belief system, it's hard to change. And that was really what I had to start to do. So I did that a lot through meditation. So meditation Mm -hmm. for me began the whole process. It allowed me to kind of separate my thoughts from my beliefs and to kind of allow myself to look at the beliefs in a different way right? Like these are just stories that I've been repeating. This isn't, you know, the truth. This isn't always the truth. My beliefs are not always the truth. So in that, um, I started to realize the scripts, like the, the conversations, the inner dialogue and conversations I was having with myself about things like, oh, well, that's probably going to happen. That's the worst thing that's going to happen. And it was like, wow, I need to reframe that into a way to, um, you know, start seeing, the best that could happen. The best that could happen is me healing from this and feeling amazing soon, you know? And then I started to just rewrite it all the time consciously. And without that quiet space for me, meditating first thing in the morning, I couldn't have done it. I needed that time to connect with myself and connect and drop into my body below the chin. Um, And that really is what allowed me to kind of rewrite those beliefs. So that was the main thing. And then there was a ton of other like modalities and things that I brought into my life. But the beliefs are the biggest thing Hmm. for for illness, I will say, Mm -hmm. for me at least. (laughs) Yeah. Did you find TBM later? Because that sounds like so similar to what the practice is. Yeah, I did. So I found, okay. yeah, I found TBM, I think maybe only like a year and a half ago. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So recently, but I said like when I interviewed one of the coaches on my pod, um, I talked to him about that. I was like, you know, one of my favorite things that Lacey Phillips says in her programming is that, you know, I'm not going to talk about 
health manifestation because I haven't been able to achieve health manifestation. And I think a lot of people think, well, when I manifest something, it means I can manifest anything in my life and everything will be perfect and everything's going to align. And I think that we have to like quell that a bit because it's actually not that way. Sometimes we have deeper traumas. We have deeper belief systems, deeper rooted, you know, trauma that we need to get to. And um, yeah, I think that for certain things in our lives, it might be easier to manifest than others. So yeah. So when I talked to that coach, I was just saying how I feel like my um, everything that I had done already really played into the to be magnetic stuff. And TBM just gave me that kind of structured framework to work through it because before Mm -hmm. I was just like having a conversation with myself and trying to be more conscious. Yeah. But you, you kind of intuitively knew what to do and, and to be able, I mean, that's like really brave to just, to really commit to that practice and to dig down into those areas without, without a lot of help because they, I don't, you know, when I do this work, it's like, it's so, I physically feel it. Like I will, Mm. I feel exhausted. I feel like, wow, that was like, I remember that moment in childhood and and while it may not be huge trauma or anything like that, it still is like triggering. And so kudos to you for doing that really on your own. And now, now you teach other people how to do this, right? Like you teach them the self-healing process and what does that look like? What do you, what tools do you give them? Yeah. So, um, I, yeah, I work one-on-one with people and I'm coming out with a course soon, which is really Yay. exciting for a little bit more, um, you know, affordable and self-paced and and that type of thing for people who want to do that. But yeah, I've, I've been working with clients on the same type of, type of, um, the type, same type of things I did, right? Like getting clarity on, on those inner, on your inner dialogue, getting clarity on your belief systems, and then working to get to the root of them and showing yourself a lot of love and compassion. Like that's Mm. really where it all starts. And then starting to come into the intention piece and, Really, a lot of people that I've talked to and a lot of people who have been my clients um, in Reiki and also with this mentorship that I offer, um, sometimes being sick for people is is the only time in their lives they've ever really been taken care of, mm. right? They, this is the only time in their lives that they've had that type of attention, love, and care. They felt you know, the warmth and empathy from the people around them. So a lot – and I know – a little bit about that. Cause I remember when I got diagnosed with Crohn's, it was like everyone in Canada was calling me. They were worried. I was getting flowers. I was getting all this attention and love. And I was like, wow, like for people that have chronic illness, it also gives you permission also as a side here to take rest, right? When you right. have a chronic illness, you all of a sudden have this permission to be like, well, I'm not feeling well today. Like I have this diagnosis. This gives me a permission slip to rest and need to rest. And I think you almost get ingrained in that type of mindset around the illness. Like this is, this is my, my way to feel love. And this is my way to have permission to rest. And a lot of us don't ever give ourselves permission to rest. So I think that's a big part too, that I see coming up. It's around the intention piece in my, in my, um, mentorship program is like, do you actually want to get better? Like, can you take what you're getting here and give it to yourself? Like, can you give yourself time to rest? Can you give yourself the love you're feeling from the external world and allow yourself to heal? Are you willing to part with that external, you know, whatever you're getting from that external thing associated with the illness? Like, are you willing to kind of like cut that identity piece with that illness in order to move forward? And I find that that's where a lot of blocks come up. Um, but yeah, we work through intention and then we work on worth and feeling worthy of healing and then continuity and just making sure that you can continue and commit to the work that you're doing and continue on far outside the program. So those are kind of the main sections. And then there's tons of activities and things we do within each of them. Okay, we're taking a quick break to talk about another amazing self-care product, a yoga magic partner, Odell. So friends, you've heard me talk about it before. Odell is truly goals in the hair care space. I just, I love them for so many reasons. First, obviously because their products make my hair look great. They actually work. 
and I just cut off eight inches of my hair and seriously I've been loving trying out different products of theirs to kind of style this newly short hair. I've really been loving the sea salt spray to get sort of like summer beachy waves. So if you are new to Odell, this awesome brand was co-founded by three Minneapolis-based working moms really just looking to solve the problem of a cluttered shower. You know why? Why wasn't there a salon quality, high performance, colored, hair safe, natural fragrance, and clean product out there that wasn't crazy expensive? Well, they created it for us. So Odell is clean, it's inclusive, it's fancy hair care, but it's not too fancy that you have to keep it just for yourself. You can share it with your family and it's super affordable. Nothing tops $12. You can find Odell at Target and online. And you know that we have an exclusive discount when you head on over to odellbeauty.com in the month of April. Use code YOGAMAGIC for 15% off of your order. That's odellbeauty.com and use code YOGAMAGIC to get 15% off all April. You had said that that belief that you were always sick, right? Or that like the worst case scenario was coming about every time something small happened. And do you feel like you can manifest negative things or, or not? Cause when, like the way I interpret your story is that you manifested clarity and you manifested permission to rest. You didn't manifest that sickness because that sickness was just like a result, but I want to hear like, what is your perspective? Can you, can we manifest bad things? <laughs> I think we're manifesting all the time. And I, you know, this, I know, you know, like in the study that we do with TB magnetic, there's a a departure from that. Like our thoughts don't manifest, but I think our thoughts oftentimes become our beliefs when we don't have a strong connection to ourselves. So our thoughts were like, well, I believe that, you know, and I think, you know, beliefs are where manifestations are rooted, but they kind of start with thoughts sometimes. Right. So um, yes, I believe we're manifesting all the time. I think we're, Mm. we may be unintentionally manifesting things, but yeah, I absolutely believe that my constant pattern and loop of believing that I was ill resulted in a diagnosis with MS. You know, I really, I really do believe that. And I think that makes a lot of people uncomfortable with my story. And I've had that conversation because it's like, well, I didn't ask for this. I don't want this. But when I flip that on its head for myself and I'm like, well, this gives me the power now that I right. recognized that I created this in, unintentionally. Now, I, I, that means I can change this, you know, and it was so empowering for me to come into that and be like, wow, like, and I did, I did change it, you know, and I think that's a hard thing because it's, you know, I've had conversations with, with other people and they're like, well, what about kids who get sick. And I'm like, I don't know all the answers, you know, that might be a karmic path. I don't know how that works, but for my own journey, I know that when I switched my mindset and beliefs around illness, I got better. So that's, that's all I can really talk to. But yeah, I do believe that we are constantly calling in all the time with, with Mm -hmm. what we believe and Mm -hmm. getting our, our handle on that and starting to control those belief systems is what makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Ep- the epigenetics of it all, right? Like there's, the, it, there's some of this is obviously genetic, but some of it is conditioning. Some of it is our world around us. You know, there's so many so factors many that can go into illnesses and it's not fair to, to blanket everyone else's stories. And I, mm-hmm. I appreciate that. I appreciate you saying that. That's like, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. It's like, we, it's so funny. We were having this conversation. I think Peter Kelly said it like we're all on our own peak, right? We're climbing the mountain. We're climbing the mountain. You're like, oh my gosh, I feel so good at the top of this mountain. Like come up here, like come up and join me up here. And it's like, no, no, they're over there climbing their own mountain. So that's been a big thing for me. It's like, I don't want to sell this to people. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. if you feel intuitively connected to the story and you're like, I want to try to self-heal, and I want to, you know, I want to call in somebody to support me and hold my hand as I do that. That's great, but I never want people to feel like that story has to be their story. I really respect and honor everybody's healing journey, regardless of what it is. You know, I saw somebody the other day taking their pills and just being like, thank you for these pills. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for everything. Like the intention behind taking their medication was so beautiful. I was like, this is what it's all about. You know, it's about 
anything you're putting into your body, anything that you are external things that you're using to help you heal, being so intentional and conscious about it, not just being like, okay, like, how do I you know, continue right. to numb out my life? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you say you're a manifester in HD? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I was like, what about you? Are you a specific or are you a non-specific? I'm a specific. Yeah. Yeah. Which is something I'm just (laughs) harnessing now that I'm like, oh, I have to be really way more specific. Like we're house hunting and I'm like, I've got to be a little more specific with this. (laughs) That we're calling in. So yeah. What about you? What's your HD? I am a generator. Okay, um, cool. Which if you can't tell, I'm like a little bit over the top. (laughs) And then I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you produce a lot. (laughs) Um, But I am what was like, I don't know enough about HD, but, um, I'm the type of profile that learns from mistakes. So mm-hmm. we were talking before we recorded like this whole process of, of podcasting, a lot of what I learn, I make mistakes and then I share it with other people. And like, I, that. I wonder, do you know what your profile is? I'm a five one. So I am like, I have to, I have to look at it again. Cause I literally just talked about this on another podcast. Um, but I think it's like I'm the heretic or something. So, anyways, I'll the have heretic. to. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. We'll What's ask your our HD friends about this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have my whole chart. I have this great chart. It's so funny. My friend's gonna say you haven't been reading it enough. If you can't talk about it, but it's hard. There's so many things, right? There's like you're not self, your signature, like all the things oh, that you're yeah. trying to achieve. So I kind of focus on those. But yeah, there's a lot to it. Going back to the astrology of it all. Uh, so you said Virgo. Um, mm-hmm. Scorpio, did you say Scorpio moon? Virgo, Taurus. Taurus moon and mm-hmm. then Aries rising. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, trying, I'm thinking like uh, tying this to your self-healing journey because it like makes so much sense. But Virgos are so organized and so like analytical and list. So I feel like the fact that you're a specific manifester and you can just like list things out totally plays into your Virgo sun. And Taurus, Taurus in your emotional landscape, so if it's in your moon, right, is all about comfort and about mm. like feeling. Um, I like to think of it as like the cashmere sweater of the zodiac. So it's just like like nice and luxurious, but like you're gonna hold on to that forever. And so this like tying it into again to the healing journey, like your health is long term, right? Like it's not something. It's not just like a, a fleeting moment. Like you're doing the work you're, you're saving up if you will to really feel good and feel like comforted, be in that warm blanket of health. So yes, queen, you're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) I love this. See, I mean, it's so funny because I've talked to a few people about my, my astrology, because I've never felt like the organized person, but I find that when I'm doing my, work, my purposeful work, I feel really organized. Like, I feel like I'm like my mind, just it just aligns in in a really cool way. So yeah, I love that. Oh yeah. So another slightly controversial question. I've been, I've been Mm. excited to talk to you about this because I've been, I've been noticing it and thinking about it and I want to get your take. So Mm -hmm. the self-healing talk is, is definitely something I resonate with. Um, and on, I follow a lot of people on Instagram that share their stories about their self-healing journey. And one, you know, huge player in all of this is the holistic psychologist, mm-hmm. um, Dr. Nicola Perra, who I love her content. It's amazing. So More nice. recently, I've noticed that there's um, some like underlying challenge or like some pushback that she's getting about swaying people away from traditional therapy, right? Like mm. you can do this on your own. You don't need any help. And I... And I kind of, I I mean, controversy aside, like, I do think that we can utilize help when we want it. um, And we should never be afraid of that. Like, I'm I'm like a therapy lover. It's Mm. totally a part of this whole process. What's your take on this? Like, is it solely your self-healing? Or like, do you feel like bringing in other healers is is a good way to do it as well? Oh my gosh. I, the other healers, you know, the belief system was, was the change within me. And that's something that's maintenance. The other healers, modalities, people I've brought in, external supports mm-hmm. has been instrumental to my healing journey. So I'll give you an example. Like, you know, working with my clients, a lot of stuff comes up and I'm not a therapist. You know what I mean? A lot of right. stuff when you start to go deep into your childhood and trauma, that's hard to come to terms with and face, you know, and I am really a proponent for talk therapy in those pieces. Once again, though, I'm, I don't think you need to go to therapy for 30 years 
once a week Yeah, you know, about the same issues. I believe that you can work through things and it, the, the goal should be to bring things up, heal them, and then get into a positive space. I don't ever want to just bypass feelings. I think that's really, really important. I think that's where th- talk therapy comes in. It really allows you to bring everything up to the surface, work on healing forever, how long that has to be, but then moving past. And, you know, so I love talk therapy. I have a therapist. I see her once a month now just for kind of maintenance and chatting mm-hmm. about things, triggers that come up and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I don't think... I don't like when anyone sways people away for, from anything. I really love Nicola Para and I, I, I resonate so much with her content. Um, but yeah, I just feel like anybody who's out there being like, you don't need this. You do need this. Like I heard somebody today say something like, you know, don't say the universe, say God. And I was like, well, <laughs> I mean, I I've think heard we that have, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm think, and I'm like, I think we have to just freedom in this world of spirituality and self-development and growth is so important. It's like the biggest, broadest buffet of food that you can walk up and get any different thing from this amazing spread. And that's the most beautiful thing about spirituality. The rules and the, the narrowing of this expansiveness for me feels challenging. Like if somebody feels intuitively drawn to talk therapy, go to talk therapy. Right. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? Mm-hmm. If somebody feels like I want to take this medication and try it out to help me get more stable, do go for it. Like self-healing, like I said before, is an intention. It's not, I don't need anybody else's help. It's, I have to do this on my own. And it's more about just being intentional about what you're bringing into your life. Like I said, like when I took the Crohn's medication, I was just like, take my pills this morning. Did I forget to take them? Like, <laughs> you know, it was just so not intentional. There was just nothing behind it other than popping them in my mouth. Now, I believe if I'd sat there with them and said, thank you so much for healing me. Thank you for, you know, everything mm-hmm. you're bringing into my body. I appreciate you and had a moment there with myself and connecting. They might have done magic for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Our beliefs are so powerful. So, yeah, that was a little bit of a long winded answer, but I do believe that talk therapy is a really, really important. And I highly recommend it to my clients who work mm-hmm. with me on my programming because, yeah, it's really challenging to work through some of the stuff, especially that comes up when you start to look at your beliefs and where they're rooted. And we mm-hmm. have to be open to any way that you can help to heal those. You know what I mean? I don't think you have to do everything on your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful, yeah. beautiful. Yeah. yeah, is that how you, do you agree with that? I totally do. At the same time, I think there's, I don't get a lot of contact with people, right? Like the people that I talk to are on the show, my family, and then like, you know, some friends here and there, but social media, I see a lot of, right? Yeah. Like lots and lots and lots. And at some point now it feels blurry. Things feel blurry. Am I friends? Mm. Am I friends with this podcast host or like this Instagrammer? Like, I feel like they're my friends. <laughs> you yeah. Know? I know. Oh Yeah. And it's hard to know. It's hard to discern like what's, but what's my opinion on this? Mm. And should I listen to this person um, and take it to heart? Or, you know, I just think like, it's getting a little, it's getting a little weird. It's getting a little Mm. wild west, especially in the spirituality space. Um, You know, conspiracy theories, all these things that are popping up and it's hard to know. And I kind of what you said, listen to your intuition, right? Listen to your Mm. beliefs so that you can make the right decisions is like the end all be all to all of this. Oh my, I so agree. Ashley, like I went through a real period in 2020 where I was like totally disconnected from myself and being like, well, where do I go? And, and my mind labeling people being like, okay, well, they're about that. So that's what they're about. And so if they're about that, that must mean they're about that. And being on social media was really damaging for that. And I was like, actually, that doesn't make sense at all because some things I believe maybe people would assume something about me, but that doesn't mean anything, you know, like that doesn't mean that I'm this, you know what I mean? And I, it's, it's hard to go into it without getting like too deep, but for for the most part, what I've learned is, you know, I think I put up a post that was like, if we're hating in, in the name of love, judging in the name of compassion and, you know, I can't remember what the other one was, but it's like, that's not the way, you know what I mean? Like we Mm -hmm. need to, stop being like, let's put these people in a box so that we can identify them and it makes it easier for us and we can kind of be lazy about it instead of getting to know the full spectrum of their humanity, right? Mm -hmm. And that was a huge change that happened for me because 
my, I was like, I'm such a sponge, right? You're out there. You're like, look at all these people doing amazing things. I just love seeing them and being on the podcast. You're like all these opinions and thoughts and perspectives coming our way all the time, like a flood of beautiful energy. It's hard, like you said, to like put up your own mirrors, put up your protection and kind of just connect upwards versus outwards. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. To get what your thoughts and truths are, you know? So yeah, that was a big learning for me last year. And now I'm kind of just like, well, this is who I am. And you know, I hope you'll take the time to get to know me. And if you don't, then we weren't meant to be aligned in this lifetime. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know we're going to talk about this on your show too, but do you have any boundaries around social media that you've set up? (sighs) Yeah. I mean, boundaries on social media. It's so hard, right? (laughs) I have been noticing that taking, okay. So I find that one of my biggest pressures on social media is creating. Like, I'm like, I haven't posted in a while. I have to create more. I have to create more. And sometimes I just don't feel like creating. And that's a part of my whole human design manifester thing. Like I have these big spurts of creation and then I need to rest and you get wrapped up, right? Like when you're building a business, they're like, you have to post every day. You have to post twice a day. You have to do this, try reels, try this. (laughs) I know. And you want to grow and share. And you, you know, when you're passionate, you're like, I want to use this as an amazing tool that it is to connect with humans all around the world. However, I also don't want to sacrifice my own truths to do that. Right. So that's where I'm also coming back to my whole thing. What's my intuition telling me? I don't want to just create to create, right. I don't want to just put out a quote because I wrote it out because I felt I had to, I want to be always coming from a place of truth and authenticity in my heart. So that's been a boundary for me. It's just like, if I don't feel like creating for a couple of weeks, I'm not going to create anything. You know, if I don't have time to like plan a whole month of social media content, I'm not going to. And if I want to take a week off, like I've done intentional weeks off um, here and there where I don't, I delete it off my phone. I'm not on there at all. Those breaks are really important to me. They help me to reconnect. And I think Krista Williams actually gave this tip. It's like reconnecting to your soul, your intuition, what you actually want and need and not like picking up, like we talked about so much from other people, so much energy that especially when, you know, you're a, a student of the world, you know, you want to, you want to keep taking things in and growing and learning. And especially when you're always looking for like signs and you're like well what did that come to me as a sign like am I supposed to see that and act on that it's very hard to discern like you said so yeah so I think that that's been a big one for me too is just having those really intentional breaks and then just being like okay I don't feel like creating right now and I'm just gonna trust that (laughs) when I do it'll be more effective than you know me trying to just create to create you know totally that always comes back to kick me in the pants whenever I do something like just a post to like a post it's like something happens and I'm like, nope, I wasn't meant to do that. <laughs> I know we get our, our little tests and lessons, right? It's so true. Right. Yeah. I mean, social media is like the best and the worst. It's the best thing. I've had so many like conversations that have just been life-changing in my DMs and talking to people and learning from people and relationships like with you and connecting with people from all over the world. Like it's like how, how cool that we get to live in a time where that's possible. And then there's like the the darker side. Right. And that's what I want to use it for. I want it to, I want to be focused on it being a good thing and Mm -hmm. not like, I hate this. I don't like this. And then I have friends, an amazing friend who's like so connected and she's like, I just hate it. I don't want to do it. I'm going to delete it. I don't want to do it. I'm going to outsource for my business and I don't want to ever go on Instagram anymore. I don't That's fair. Like, connect with it. And I'm like, I'm so happy that you're making that decision for yourself because you can feel like this is the only way. This is my only tool to connect with people, to sell, to whatever. And no, I don't think that's true. I think it's all mm-hmm. energetics, right? And there's always going to be a way to connect with your people um, and to find the right people to be your you know, your clients, if you, if you just put that energy out to the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How did like old school healers, there's like, like, you know, your, your astrologers 50 years ago, they didn't have Instagram, but like they were clearly doing things or I don't know. I just honestly, it's all word of mouth. Like my healer that I went to, I actually made him get a website and stuff because I was like, people (laughs) need to find you. But he was like that for years. Like people just, it was word of mouth. It was like, he gave me an amazing reading. He was so good. And and then I heard about that through that and, you know, and passes it on. And I've passed like probably like 50 people towards him and his yeah. wife who are both um, intuitives and healers. And it's just so funny to see how that works because when you're really doing your work, I think people come, you know, when you're mm-hmm. really doing your soul's work, I think people will come. That's my belief. 
I agree. I agree. And I mean, I think we're seeing it, but the last question before we, before we end is like, what if, what have you manifested since you like realized your power and you really stepped into it? Like what has come up for you in your life? I mean, so much. I, (laughs) it's amazing. I, um, I manifested like leaving my job and, Mm -hmm working, you know, being able to move out of Toronto and into a small town and my husband getting remote work and living this new lifestyle. And I'm in the process of manifesting an even further (laughs) remote move into nature um, (laughs) that, you know, that's happening right now. And everything's like aligning and coming up. And sometimes when you're the beginning of manifestation feels pretty, you're like, what? That's the way this is going to happen. It's uncomfortable. I don't like this. I want to be in control. And it's like actually just riding the wave and letting it happen. So that's, I'm in the middle of one of those, but I'd say my most um, proud manifestation was the birth of my daughter. So Mm. um, I manifested every, I wanted to have a home birth and everyone in my life, my mom, my family, aid my husband was like they were all like, no, you can't, you can't have a home birth. Like I'm not okay with it. (laughs) I want you to be at the hospital. I want you to be safe. And I kept thinking home birth, home birth. And I really worked my script on that and coming back into an easy birth, easy birth, home birth, easy birth. And it was like methodical. I was very, very connected to having a beautiful birthing experience. And I kept telling people, I'm going to have the easiest birth. I can't, I'm not afraid at all. I'm going to have an easy birth. And people are like, okay, whatever. Right. <laughs> you know they what like I mean? judge you. Yeah. Yes. And then, yeah. And then, um, the night of her delivery, I, um, I was, I think we were going to go out for dinner. Like, like I was like completely fine. And then by like 10 o'clock I was like, okay, I think I'm having contractions. And then I think our midwives got there at like 1030, check me. I was at like three centimeters, 45 minutes later, I was at 10 centimeters having, Stop. couldn't make it to what? the hospital. Yep. Couldn't make it to the hospital, <gasps> delivered her in my bed. So I had my Stop home it. birth. I have so many good stuff. <laughs> oh my God, you did that. Yeah. Yep. Had my home birth here. Midwives are here. She was perfectly healthy, easy delivery, no tearing. It was just a dream. And I was like, I know this was the man. I know I created this. And that was a really cool moment. Oh my God. Did I, did I tell you that I did the same? That I manifested no. Rory? Yeah, girl. No. I can't believe we haven't talked about this. So with my second, I would wait, you know, you're talking about like you wake up in the morning and you meditate. I just, yes. that's when I started really meditating was when I was pregnant with Rory. This was four years ago. And, um, I hadn't found TBM yet and I was just getting up and I was manifesting her birth. And my first birth, my first daughter was pretty traumatic. So it was like, I, I was really rooted in fear at the time yes. or prior to her birth. But then with my second, I was like, no, I'm done with this. I'm going to create my own reality. This I'm a powerful bitch. This is going to happen. And I did down to like everything, everything perfectly manifested. And you know, was it, was it like, I mean, there's, there's all, there's some things that we just can't control, right? Like not every single detail can I control, but like it was four hours. It was beautiful. I was able to nurse her immediately. Things that like just didn't happen with the first. And yeah, it's just, I think that like, I'm, that was when I realized like, okay, manifestation is real. And like, Mm. I can do this. Um, when I'm truly in my worth, like I can say I'm going to have a short labor, but if I don't believe it, it's not mm-hmm. going to happen where I really yeah. was like, no, I know this. I can do this. So yeah. <gasps> twinsies. Like oh my God. I love this story. And like, did you feel like, firstly, it's amazing that you were able to do that after a traumatic birth experience, because that's rooted then in your belief system. You're like, yeah. that's what happened. That's your only experience. It's, it's easy for, and I'm not going to say it's easy. So if you're listening and you're pregnant, like don't, don't worry easy. if things don't <laughs> align, you know, but it's easier, I think in life when you haven't had an experience yet to manifest it the way you want to. But when you have a belief about an experience, like you'd had a traumatic birth before, and that's, you know, you hadn't given birth before that time that's rooted, that becomes rooted in your looped in your, in your mm-hmm. subconscious, right? Like that's what happens. Okay. You feel this, you feel that when it's something so new to you, you don't have that. Right. So you haven't, and I would say, I would think an easier time kind of co-creating what that looks like. So kudos to you for like overcoming the, the trauma. Cause that's it's hard. funny though, because I think a lot of mamas get those traumatic stories. So like things, you know, I don't know how many times you would get birth stories from other people. Oh I like God. at the end of, you know, both of my pregnancies, I've had to be like, I'm actually not taking any birth stories. I really appreciate that. But like, I'm not because 
it becomes our loop, yes. right? Like, oh, you had a, a terribly long birth or you had to have an emergency C-section or like whatever. That's your story. That's not my story. Mm. And so it can be so traumatic. And like we take on the trauma of other people. So I actually think like many of us have been rooted in trauma coming into like these birth experiences and, and we can do the work to, to overcome it as much as we can. And knowing that like, we just can't control everything. That's not a reality. Like you can have a birth plan. Right. But like, when you really go to the root of like, where's my power? Like, where am I playing small through this process? Like, where do I not believe in myself and work those little areas? It's that's when the magic happens. So true, honestly. And like the other thing on that is, it's also our conditioning in society. Like every movie you watch, every TV show, right. you're like hearing screaming women, like in horrible pain, their water break, like this emergency medical experience. And it's like rewriting that, like it's all comes back to intention. It's like, I don't want that. Like, I think that was like when I, you know, just to end on this, like going back to that voice that came up in my head, I don't want to be sick. I don't want that birth. Like what you said, that's not my yeah. story. That's their story. That's the story I've been told, but I have this power in me to see things outside of that. And I'm going to visualize my life outside of that story and start to co-create it. And I think it's just so cool that you did that. And I'm, I'm so happy we have that story to share. Yeah. And if anyone's <laughs> listening, who's pregnant, you know, you have a lot of power within you. Yeah. Oh, this was so fun. I'm so happy the universe brought us together and we get to share these like same stories. Natalie, I want people to listen to your show because it's so good. You're so articulate. And I feel like you ask questions that get down to the meat of these, you know, these issues. And so people listen to her show, tell everyone where they can find you and your show and your healing work. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram as we talk about social media. <laughs> Probably the easiest spot. Um, it's mindyourown.life. And that's the same as my website, www.mindyourownlife. And you can find everything there. And my podcast is called the Mind Your Own Life Podcast. And it's on all the major podcast platforms. So tune in. Definitely tune in. Thank you. This was so fun. Thank you so much. And thank you for creating this space for me to share. I'm so excited to have you on my pod now. I'm excited too. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. Thanks to Natalie for sharing all your goodness. Check out her information in the show notes and check out our next event, Art and Astrology, on April 29th. And finally, a huge thank you to our show sponsor, Odell. I will see you all next week. 